0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Creative Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Matic. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Matic. And uh, we are here to talk about the Jaguars waving Leonard Fournette. He was in the final year of his contract, and basically, you know, this is just something that a lot of people saw coming, maybe not in terms of him getting cut before the start of the season, But just that the Jaguars organization was no longer uh, a fan of Leonard Fournette, right? The, the, The guys that drafted him, the coaches that drafted him, they're all gone. The GM that drafted him, they're gone. Tom Coughlin is gone, who really was a protector of Leonard Fournette while he was inside the organization. And Fournette's efficiency was just so bad last season that it didn't even make sense for even a bad team to keep him around because basically kind of what we think is going to happen with the Jaguars this year is they're probably going to be the worst team in football, right? They are, they are probably going to be pretty clearly the worst. They're probably, you know, they could go four and 12, they could go, oh, and 16, And we think that they're going to be throwing the ball a ton. That they're ground and pound running backs, which we're going to talk a little bit later about Raekwon Armstead, uh, Devin Ozigbo, Chris Thompson, and James Robinson. But you know, kind of just to wrap up the Fournette thing: 265 rushing attempts, uh, 1100 rushing yards, only three rushing touchdowns, 4.3 yards per carry, 100 targets, and that's really why he was able to have such a solid fantasy season last year. Uh, However, we know that under Jay Gruden, who is the new offensive coordinator in Jacksonville, he really likes to have a hierarchy in his backfields. So if you actually look at all of Jay Gruden's career, the most amount of targets that uh, his leading rusher has ever gotten was 26. And uh, the running back that got the most amount of targets while he was a head coach was, of course, Chris Thompson. Uh, So before we get into the, you know, where the, uh, the Jacksonville fellas are, you know, going to, going to go here in fantasy, I want to talk a little bit about landing spots for Fournette. So I, I think if you are a Fournette owner, the places that you would want him to go would be, and, 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 you know, again, a lot of things can happen. I think first off, Actually, if he goes to the Los Angeles Chargers, I think he will pretty easily be able to displace Joshua Kelly or Justin Jackson in the Melvin Gordon role. Now, I don't think that the Chargers would be interested in that at all, right? I I just think that that seems pretty unlikely, and I haven't seen anyone on Twitter uh, throw that one out as a possibility. But, uh, you know, I I do think it kind of seems like the Chargers don't want to give Austin Eckler, like, 250 carries. So that to me does seem like a potential place where he might sign and a place where he actually would have fantasy value, right? There, there are a lot of potential places where he could sign and he would basically be kind of useless, a, a premium tier handcuff or, or something like that. But I, I actually think that in, uh, you know, in Los Angeles, I actually think that he could end up mattering. I think some of the obvious places are the Chicago bears as a replacement for David Montgomery. I think that's pretty much worst case scenario for Fournette. I think that's pretty much worst case scenario for Montgomery. And I think that it's even bad for Tariq Cohen as well, because Ostensibly, if the Bears sign him, they would be thinking like, oh, we, we actually do want to pass Leonard Fournette the ball kind of the same way that the Jaguars were passing him the ball. And then when David Montgomery returns, he'll probably be in some sort of split. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are another spot where they don't really have a third running back that they super trust behind miles Sanders and Boston Scott. We know that miles Sanders is week to week with this injury. We don't have any clarity from the beat writers on, you know, what that week to week means. Uh, We don't know if it's a serious injury. We don't know if this is kind of a Kenyan Drake thing where they're just keeping him fresh because he has, you know, some small dings and he's the guy I think. For fantasy, the the least, the least places we really don't want him to go are Philadelphia, and we really don't want him to go to Kansas City, right? Because we want to have Daryl Williams as our good handcuff. We want to have Clyde Edwards-Hlaire as our, our first-round pick, and we want to have Darwin Thompson and DeAndre Washington as our scratch-off tickets. Um, I think Atlanta is another spot that might make sense for uh, – that, that might make sense just because they don't really have a premium backup for Leonard Fournette. And I think that's something that that organization values. I think another possibility is going to be Washington. And actually, uh, Washington, very similar to uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, I actually think he would walk in and be the starting running back from day one. I think the Patriots are another team that might show some interest depending on Sonny Michelle's health and depending on where they are at with Damian Harris. I think the Jets will pass. The Dolphins will pass. Uh, Texans may be a possibility depending on how David Johnson looks. Uh, The Titans, Colts, uh, obvious pass the Ravens Steelers Browns and Bengals. I think all those would be a pass Uh, Broncos, uh, maybe the Raiders, right? The Raiders just bring, you know, pretty much everyone in Uh, the Cowboys love to sign washed up old guys, but he would just be a premium tear handcuff there. Uh, yeah, I think the places where you are wanting, if you already have Fournette in your league, I think that you would like for him to sign with Washington. I think you would like him to sign with the Los Angeles Chargers. And, and as long as you don't have, you know, you're not counting on the Eagles for anything, I think that you would like to see him sign there because he would have some sort of role. Uh, so now let's take a look at the guys who are in the, the backfield now in Jacksonville. So the way that I have it projected now, I removed Leonard Fournette from the backfield in Jacksonville. I gave Chris Thompson 20% of the team's rushing attempts. I gave Devin Ozigbo 34% of them, and I gave Reichwell Armstead 30% of them. I would have wanted to give Reichwell Armstead more of them, but he has basically not been at training camp at all. He has been one of the actually if you if you uh have drafted early, you know that uh, Reichel Armstead is one of the guys who is on the COVID list and has not been able to ingratiate himself uh with the Jacksonville coaches though. He he was on the field for Jacksonville last year and I think that that does matter to some extent, right? The coaches have uh well, the, you know, the team just has a little bit more of a familiarity with him. And I think stuff like that does matter in terms of, you know, we're going to give you the first carry. We're going to give you the first carry. Uh, so uh, before we get into Chris Thompson, let's just look at the athletic profiles of this guy. Reichwell Armstead is 5'11". Two hundred and twenty pounds. He played at Temple University. The Jaguars spent a fifth-round pick on him. He ran a four-four-five forty at the combine, a speed score of one-twelve, an agility score of eleven point three. So not great. Uh, his spark score is sixty-eighth percentile. Now that stuff might not sound particularly great to you, but in comparison to his backfield competition, which is Devin Ozigbo, uh, it is uh, it is in fact pretty solid. As we're going to see here in a moment when we uh, run through Ozzygbo's measurables, I also want to uh, take a look at the. Uh, I want to take a look at the player comps on the road of his box score scouts. we <laughs> throw Reichwell Armstead in there, and these are his top ten comps in the road of his box score scout dexter williams who is a reserve running back for the packers mike gillisley who uh, had a couple stretches of starting but you know was not a long-term nfl player jonathan williams who had a short stint for the colts as a starting running back last year uh trey barnett i i do not know who that is Bilal Powell, who actually started in the run, in the NFL for quite some time, uh, James Davis before my time, Karan Higdon, reserve running back for the New Orleans Saints, uh, Duwan Collins, never heard of him, DJ Dallas, reserve running back for the Seattle Seahawks, Anthony Allen, uh, who I believe actually Anthony Allen had a stretch where he was a running back one in fantasy. I don't I don't think that I am making that up. I I believe that I heard. Uh, uh no okay, this is a lie. never mind okay, so Anthony Allen, so in other words, not great comps for Reichwell Armstead a couple guys who had uh value in the NFL but you know but you know not not super long term value or anything like that looking back at Reichwell Armstead's college career, However, uh, he really was not a receiver at all. Only 29 receptions in four seasons, but 573 rushing attempts. Uh, his final season at Temple, 1,000 rushing yards, uh, 13 rushing touchdowns. Never had a receiving touchdown in college, but as a rookie 24 targets, so so more more targets, uh, basically as a rookie in the NFL than he received in all of college. Uh, 35 rushing attempts, 3.1 yards per carry. You know, not not super great or anything like that. But Armstead to me uh, had these. Had he and Ozigbo both had full training camp, Armstead to me would be a guy that I would feel comfortable drafting kind of moving him up into that premium zero RB range so you know we're moving him with uh Tony Pollard Boston Scott Chase Edmonds but you know just the fact that uh, I think that Armstead probably now is likely to be overdrafted, and I think that Ozigbo and, and Thompson are going to be underdrafted. So Ozigbo has been the guy who has been playing for all of training camp. Uh, he has been uh, getting the first team cracks. You know, whenever uh, Fournette is not in, I'll see if we can uh, dig up any sort of uh, any sort of good nuggets from him on uh, the athletic or anything like that. But uh, you know, I think that he is. Pretty much a a prototypical example of a guy who is just a guy. So he played at Nebraska. uh, He ran a 4 7 40 at the combine, uh, 29th percentile speed score, 80th percentile burst score, very good agility for a guy his size. So he did the the agility drills at 11.2, you know, kind of like a uh, 47th percentile, so 50th percentile basically, um, spark score for him. Uh, His box score scout stuff is. Uh, on road of his is, is not great either. We have guys who I truly have never heard of Napoleon Maxwell, uh, Delon Eskridge, never heard of him. Quadre Olson, who is a reserve running back for the, uh, Atlanta Falcons, Josh Robinson. Don't, don't particularly, uh, remember him, but he was drafted Anthony Jones, Kale Kiloa Antolin, Daniel Porter, Jordan Canizari, who I do actually remember from college football DFS, Shakiv Seymour, and Najee Harris. Not sure how these, not like, uh, because the Najee numbers, obviously he's going to get drafted really high. So that is going to end up being different. Um, and, you know, the other thing about, uh, the other thing about Ozigbo is he actually was a little bit more of a passing back in college. He caught 23 passes in his final season and, as uh, when he when he was at Nebraska, and you know, really did basically kind of lead that backfield. He he really has not played in the NFL all that much. Uh, nine rushing attempts last year, five targets total. Uh, he was on the New Orleans Saints practice squad in 2018, and then he moved on to Jacksonville. I know that uh, Josh Norris from Rotaworld is a big fan of Devin Ozigbo, and actually, for me, Ozigbo would be the one that I would be taking in drafts right now uh, because I I think that it comes down to week one. Uh, Ozigbo is going to be the guy who gets the first carry. I think that, uh, I mean, obviously, the the issue is going to be that he's just going to be replaced on passing downs a ton, and there are going to be a ton of passing downs for the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is why uh, Chris Thompson is... Was a great guy to be drafting over the last couple weeks, and and now I, I think that uh, you know that that cat is out of the bag. Do I think Chris Thompson is worth you know a top one hundred pick? Man, I don't know. I I think that that I think that that is uh, I think that's pretty thin. So the reason why people are going to be so in on Chris Thompson is obviously there is no blocker for him on third downs. You know, clearly he is a better passing down back than Armstead and Ozigbo. Uh, and these are his target numbers while playing with John Gruden as his offensive coordinator. Starting in 2015, he had 48. In 2016, he had 62. 2017, he had 54. 2018, he had 55. 2019, he had 58. Now, granted, the only 16-game season in there was his 2016 season. Uh, he played 10 games in 2017 and racked up 804 yards and six touchdowns. So he actually was a, for, for two years, he was a legitimate fantasy asset while playing in not great offenses. Uh, you know, certainly let's, let's go. This is well, always oh, his, his quarterback then, uh, you know, would have been Kirk cousins in one season And then, yeah, he, so he would have had two seasons of basically being the relief valve guy for Kirk cousins, which is a pretty good role. As we found out, you know, Kirk cousins, not a bad NFL quarterback. So kind of the way that I would play this over, uh, you know, the next week or so is I would have, I will draft Chris Thompson, on zero running back teams in the Tariq Cohen range. So, like, I would prefer Cohen as long as the Chicago Bears do not sign Leonard Fournette. Uh, I think Thompson probably has more upside just because he is like a more athletic player. Like Chris, so Chris Thompson actually broke his leg when he was supposed to do the NFL scouting combine. But there were rumors that basically he was Henry Lo- Henry Ruggs level fast, that he ran like a 4 2 or something, you know, completely absurd like that. Uh, but as far as Armstead and Ozigbo, I, I mean you can take them. My guess is is that they end up just being way overdrafted though. My guess is that, you know, in these uh like the 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 first football guys players championship that happens tonight, my guess is that one of them ends up going in like the eighth or ninth round or something. And I, I just I can't I can't get there at all. But, you know, tenth, eleventh, twelfth round, you know, is there is there a big difference between Boston Scott and uh, you know, Devin Ozigbo's immediate opportunity? Absolutely not. I mean, I think Scott over sixteen games, probably the higher upside player. But I mean, there certainly is a chance that one of these Jacksonville running backs gets like three hundred and twenty touches. Right? That that Osigbo clearly beats out Armstead. Armstead clearly beats out Ozigbo. Chris Thompson gets injured. They have this um, this undrafted free agent by the name of James Robinson, who is uh, you know sort of just a very tertiary level uh, NFL player. Let's see if I can pull him up here in the uh, player profiler, James Robinson. So, this guy is an undrafted free agent out of Illinois State. He is uh, 22 years old. Um, he did out, he actually was very good his final season at Illinois state. So, uh, he had 1900 rushing yards in 2019, 18 touchdowns, 16 receptions, uh, ran a four, six, four. So not great, but really good agility, really good burst score. His best comp on player profiler is Kenneth Dixon. So maybe we need to think a little bit about James Robinson. Maybe Rob, maybe he is, uh, maybe, maybe James Robinson is someone that we need to, Take a look at. I, I doubt it, right? I, I think that that seems unlikely that they get all the way down to their uh, reserve, you know, practice squad running backs. Uh, and in fact, you know, just as we're, as long as we are doing our due diligence here, I believe that they have one other fella on their depth chart as well. Nathan Cottrell. We'll look up Nathan Cottrell as well because uh, you know that's what uh, that's what we do here. So. So this is truly the deepest dive uh, of all time. Nathan Cottrell, special teams player at Georgia Tech. Uh, so he was a reserve slot back. Uh, basically, was like fifth, sixth on the team in um, you know d- touches. Uh, if if Nathan Cottrell ends up being a a a a guy that we have to know this year for the jacksonville jaguars it will be one of the most unlikely stories um of all time so maybe maybe in your very deep dynasty leagues james robinson i this guy like to me this james robinson guy looks like a better player a more a more well-rounded player than devin ozigbo but he is undrafted so I, i i think this james robinson guy worth worth a look actually so we are uh I'm actually gonna go place some claims for James Robinson and a couple of my uh, my 30 man roster dynasty league. so kind of overall looking how we're playing this, don't draft Leonard fournette wherever it is do not draft Leonard fournette. Uh, yeah just don't just don't do that at all. Uh, draft Chris Thompson is as long as he is not going you know above premium tier uh, zero RBk it's like Zach Moss versus Chris Thompson. Uh, we're going, we're going Chris Thompson, right? So, uh, don't, don't be stupid. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just, you know, victory, obviously for all of us who've just been fading the shit out of uh, Leonard Fournette. Let's get it boys.